Can I just tell you guys how amazing El Russ is? So first of all, her book, Confident as Fuck, it is out on Audible, which I highly recommend because it's a totally different take from the actual hardcover book. I read the hardcover. Now I'm listening to Audible. Game changer, life changer. You need this. I don't care where you are in your health journey, where your thyroid is optimized or not optimized. You need to listen to this. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. You've been listening to 5 Million Thyroid Podcasts, health podcasts, weight loss podcasts, trying to find your answer. I get it. I get it. I've been there. But this one is just a little bit different. Of course, we talk about thyroid because it's L. We're going to talk about T3. We're going to talk about reverse T3. We're going to talk about how it messes up your brain. But we really want to dig down. She has remarkable talent when it comes to calling people out on their shit and bringing the mirror basically up to your face to say, listen, there might be some things that you need to change. Your mindset, your attitude, your confidence, your self-esteem, because that is literally holding you back. There are some things that you need to do for yourself One of them, read her book. Secondly, join her confidence course that starts in January. I'll be there. I'm telling her to save me a spot because this book is a game changer. And now she even has a writing course and you can work one-on-one with her. We'll get into that at the end. Hang tight. She'll give you all those details. We'll put them in the show notes. She also has a book writing course. That for many of you, I think it would be great to put your health journey down on paper. You've been through a lot of stuff. You've been through a lot of frustration. I know I could put my journey down on paper, and one of these days I will. This might be the time for you. This might be the time to help someone else because they read your book. And you might be sitting there going, I have no clue how to even start to write a book. What are you talking about, Amy? But this will show you. Elle will show you. She has a course. You can work with her one-on-one. And just listen. Just be open-minded. Listen to the interview. Because this might be something you want to pursue. This might be something that you really want to put down on paper. So who knows who the next person is that you will help. Elle's experience has helped you. My experience with being misdiagnosed six times and getting the your normal, your fine diagnosis has helped you. Everyone that has gone before you, Janie Bothorpe, Paul Robinson, all of us who have suffered with a thyroid condition could put our story on paper, have put our story on paper, and it's helped you. So think about how you could help someone else. 
All right, enjoy the interview. Back with one of my favorite people in the whole world. You know, I've only ever had guests on two times. There's only two. There's Elle and there's Karen Martell. Two, oh. my, my, my soul sisters, my favorite people in the world. Love Karen. I know, right? We're, we're just all alike. That's why we all jive. Yeah. So you are on for the second time on the Thyroid Fixer podcast. Welcome, Elle Russ. Thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, thank you. And, and thank you for all of your work. You know, the more of us that are out there talking about this stuff and the more of us, like we talked about last time, that are on T3 only, like you and myself, the more that gets normalized and the more we're helping people fix this problem. So I'm just so happy to have you in this space. Thanks. Yes, you as well. We're going to kind of shift our focus today. I do want to hear how you're doing, how your thyroid is doing. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but everybody else wants to know too. But we're also going to talk about mindset, confidence. You wrote a, a book, Confidence is Fuck. I love the book. You're you're helping people shift the way of thinking in this space. You're helping them gain more confidence. In fact, I want to read something really quickly from your website, which we'll link to. I love this. Working with you, you summarize it so well. I help ambitious high achievers and transformation seekers to manifest more happiness, confidence, and self-esteem into all areas of their lives, creating boundaries, generating happiness and fun, manifesting goals and improving communication, which is, listen, this is what we all need. And I love working with high achievers, type A personalities too. They're the best. So I'm so happy you're doing this and helping people in that area, which ultimately expands out into health too. Well, it does. And the thing is that in order to be confident, you don't necessarily have to be fit and completely healthy, although it is easier. It is a little bit easier because as you know, when you have your health together, you've got the neurotransmitters firing in the proper way. You know, you've got the right energy. The more you have sustained energy and mental energy and brain health during the day, the more creative, the more inspired you're going to be, the more happy chemicals that are going to be flowing. So yes, health is a part of that. You don't have to have it. You can work on both at the same time. Although yes, listen, if you are suffering from severe hypothyroidism right now, for example, yeah, it's tough to be confident. You know, what then really has to happen is acceptance of where you are and then changing the mindset because at least in that scenario, you may not have the happy chemicals. You may not have the T3 that's really going to make the difference in your life. But until you, like, let's say you're in the process of getting better, right? So, but along the way, what you can do is change your mindset about it because no doubt when you've been sick for a long time, you keep telling yourself the same story. You look in the mirror every day and you're like, I'm freaking fat. I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight, which always puts you in a situation where you have to lose weight. You're blaming your body as the enemy and all that kind of stuff. So I think mindset shift is important in life, but also certainly if you are dealing with a health issue, which is why, and if you went to my website, there's free stuff tab. I made a free audio book that I had professionally mixed uh, and it's two guided affirmations and two guided meditations. One is on healing and it's only 20 minutes. And if you're going through a healing thing, listen to that every day. And I guide you in the right voice and the right sounds to starting to change your mindset and your hope and your vibe about it. And that is what I did when I had a reverse T3 problem the second time around, because I learned about mindset in between the first and the second bout of hypothyroidism. And I was like, now I know. And so I'm going to do that 
now to help me. Like, I, I know I still have to persevere and I have to go fix the problem, but that was part of it. Whereas the first time around, I was completely hopeless because I didn't really understand and hadn't learned yet about all the mindset things and how we can imprint our subconscious and really create our own reality in some ways. So I think it's, they all go hand in hand, right? And I think the more gratitude and the more fun and the more pleasant thoughts we're thinking, obviously the rest of our life and body is going to kind of flow in that direction too. And you know, listen, is sometimes it takes someone to guide you. When, when I first heard of meditation, I was like, Oh yeah, right. Okay. A bunch of foo-foo. And how am I going to sit down and calm my mind for 10 minutes? Cause I'm type A and I'm bing, bing, bing. What do I have to do next? But when I saw the science behind it, when I saw how it actually shifts your body's neurotransmitters and chemicals, and especially with hypo, you know, cortisol is a big driver. You can't have too much. You can't have too little. So if you're all stressed out and frazzled and run all over the place and run yourself into the ground, that might be the one thing you might need that guy to say, stop, just fucking stop right now and stop running yourself into the ground because you're not going to get better this way. Well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. So uh, I'm type A, but I'm also type Z. I really am a mixture of both. Although most people would probably hear me speak and go, oh, she's totally type A. The truth is, is that I have a lot of downtime and I chill out a lot, like more than most people think. So when people are like, oh, you must be really busy. I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I make sure I'm not. Okay. That's an intentional thing. But what I've noticed and what I noticed with myself, and maybe you, this resonates with you. So for example, I have a thyroid client that is a high achiever. Um, and you know, type A people were so good at multitasking and efficiency and getting it all done at once that we don't even realize when we're in that state, we are putting ourselves in fight or flight, even though this is the reaction that will come out of everyone's type A mouth on it. They're like, but I'm like, none of it's upsetting. Like, I don't feel stressed. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the trick right there. You don't feel it. But if you look at your heart rate monitor, as you're doing the multitasking, you've shot it up to a fight or flight state. So that I think is the biggest problem is people don't even understand that they're stressed because it's like all good stress or they're not upset or, you know, sad about it or feeling anxious. That still doesn't mean you need to run yourself at a million miles an hour. And by the way, I talk about this in my second book in the chapter uh, six labeled shame disables confidence. You know, I was permanently disabled at the age of 22 with a hand and arm disability. And here's the fucking truth about that. It's because I typed a million miles an hour. I typed way faster than I spoke. Uh, If you had done a slow motion capture, I'm sure it was like, you know, if you can watch the interview right now, I'm like switching my hands all over the place, right? Making so many fast movements, doing a million things at once. Go, go, go. And yes, I was the most successful in the firm. Yes, I was the biggest achiever at that company. But at what cost? Well, the cost that the universe cut the golden handcuffs off my wrist figuratively and literally, almost forcing me to not be able to be that busy. So please don't let yourself get there. And, you know, that's a repetitive strain injury. And that's what happens. You're going a million miles an hour and you don't even know. And then another, another thing that happened once years ago is I was on big, you know, I'm from downtown Chicago. So even though I've been out in California for a very long time, you know, I, I tend to talk fast. I can walk fast, those kind of things, but I've intentionally slowed down over the years. But many years ago, I was on vacation, totally relaxed, And yet I was walking a million miles an hour to like, just go into a convenience store to get a bottle of water or something. And I walked right into a glass wall. Okay. And it didn't shatter. I didn't break my nose. Could have definitely, you know, scarred it for a second. And I just thought, 
in that moment, like, like I was on vacation. What, what is it about me that made me feel like I had to go get this done, get it over with, you know what I mean? That vibe. Yeah. And while that still can be me and I am quick and I am efficient, I mean, I have a writing program called knock it out, get it done. Cause that's what I do, yeah. but still I balance it completely. In fact, way more than probably people would imagine because I know and if I catch myself walking too fast or, you know, I, I say, Hey, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, and now life is so much more enjoyable. And I think going paleo or realizing that being in the state of fat burning versus sugar burning and having to sort of slow down and do it at a different pace. I, I enjoyed my hikes more because I'm not rushing to get to the top. I'm not trying to sweat. I'm not trying to be like the harder, the faster I go, the the better because it's not <laughs> and it will backfire on your ass. And I'm here to tell you, it's not fun once you have something that's permanently ingrained and then you're not going to have the choice at all. So, you know, from your listeners too, and from even the people that you work with, you know, they're mainly like, Hey, just, just give me the goods. Tell, talk about that. Right. Talk about weight loss. Talk about how I can fix my stuff. And, and I, I don't want to hear this. I don't have time to hear this mindset stuff. I don't have time. I don't have time to slow down. I don't have time. I got to get stuff done. But this is one of the key components of fixing all of that. Yes, you and I can sit here and talk about reverse T3 and, and weight gain and T3 meds all day long. We already did that. Now let's get down into what else can you do? What else can you do that is going to set you up for success in your health journey? And this is one of those components because I know I'm guilty of it too. That, Like I said earlier, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I don't need it. Come on. I would never press play on the podcast. It's like, how about your shitty thinking? And what about meditation? I'd be like, no, I don't need that. We, yeah. You know, it's such an important point because here's the thing. You and I take thyroid hormone every day to live and be unhypothyroid, right? But the thing is, is that our mindset, and granted, we've got the health down, so we're eating the right way. We're moving the right way. But if you don't also get the mindset piece down, which we just talked about, overdoing it can lead to that cortisol, then what you're really doing is you're basically taking two steps backwards every time you swallow the thyroid hormone because it needs to get where it's going. It needs to be metabolized properly, which is sort of part of the paleothyroid solution. My first book is like, yeah, you can take, you can, a doctor could throw all the thyroid hormones at you that you want. But until you do the things that allow your body to receive and make sure they get to where they need to go, then that's really the ultimate gift and the package you're giving yourself, not just swallowing the pill. And again, I, I, I see this with the stressed out high achievers thyroid clients, not, not the non ones, but obviously just the, the stressed out thyroid ones where then that's where they can never get out of a reverse T3, which by the, by the way, you and I might not either. And that's okay. But we see those problems rise quicker with them. And the truth is, is that if you can, like we've talked about before, uh, we don't have to turn this into a complete thyroid podcast, but listen, T4, T3 is the ultimate, man. You know, if I could, if I could subsist off of that, that's most endocrine mimicry. I'm sure you and I would love it if it could work that way for us, but it doesn't. So if you're in a situation where you can try to make that work that way, life's going to be probably easier and dosing is going to be easier and doctors are going to be easier. So if you don't have to go in this direction, sometimes you can't prevent it like us and yeah. you might have to stay here. You, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. that's important. And then here's the other side of it. So, you know, 
in terms of confidence, which usually manifests itself in when you have a lack of it, you don't speak up, right? You don't tell your truth, you're not authentic, or you just don't speak up to get what you want. You you have tiny voice, you hide yourself, you don't draw boundaries. Well, you know, Louise Hay, God bless her, you know, who created Hay House, but she has that book, You Can Heal Your Life. And she, over time, really corresponded was able to go, ooh, I noticed a theme between everyone that has breast cancer. I noticed a theme, spiritual theme, but everyone has this disease. And so she wrote down in the books ailments and then their corresponding sort of spiritual, right, components. Yep. Yep. And the one for thyroid is uh, A, not expressing your creativity or B, not being able to speak up right? It's that choked up feeling in the throat. So if you would like to avoid thyroid problems, and not to say that this would be the complete antidote to it, but that's a part you have to look at. Now, this is very interesting because this happened to me. So I've been outspoken my whole damn life. Okay. So, I mean, I've never had an issue with that except for one area of my life, which I talk about in the book, being ashamed about this hand disability I had, which sort of cramped into my confidence. But the one area that I, I only looked back on in hindsight was after I read that about Louise Hay, I was like, what was going in my life when I got hypothyroidism? Cause you know, it took me so long to figure it out. So when yeah. I went back and I looked at the dates and everything, ah, not surprised. I was dating someone who was kind of a moody, broody person that you had to walk on eggshells around, by the way, never again. If you're ever walking on eggshells, anyone out there with anyone canceled to cancel them, you're out. <laughs> None of that. That shit's awful, right? So uh, dancing around eggshells, again, choked up feeling, inability to speak, kind of, you know, dancing around this person's moody, broody bullshit. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, Now, is that the only thing that contributed it? Probably not. But it was just interesting because, because her thing was even true for me even though I am confident, I always pretty much have been, ah, yeah. but these little areas and that area was romantic relationships for me. So I'm not totally shocked that right when I started having all the bleeding problems and all the gynecological stuff that first showed up with my thyroid diagnosis, you know, I didn't know at the time, but th- that that was happening to me. I'm in this fucking relationship with this moody, broody, whatever I'm tiptoeing around, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not a shocker. Yeah, that's interesting. I bet you just blew your blew a lot of the listeners' minds right now because you know all the women are going. Wait a minute, there was that asshole back in nineteen ninety nine. One hundred percent. I look back, mine was like year two thousand and you know five or four or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Now, do you find that that con- when you're working with the high achievers, like the entrepreneurs, the 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 actors, Hollywood business people, do they have a confidence problem because we see them on TV as like, oh my gosh, they're they're stars, they're business owners. This guy, you know, invented the electric car, whatever. Um, but do yeah. they have that underlying confidence problem that that can really kind of relate more to the average Joe? All of us going, yeah, you know, I'm not as confident in this area, but I am in this. Just like you said, relate business, okay, good relationships. Wow, I suck over here. One hundred percent, and yeah. it's and it, and it. Well, you know, I've been in Hollywood a long time. So, you know, you meet famous people all the time and want number one, sometimes you wish you didn't because now you've met them and now you can't watch their stuff based on the experience of meeting them kind of sucked. So, that's, so sometimes I'm like, hey, be careful what you wish for when it comes to meeting these people. But then other people, again, are the opposite. So down to earth, so, so different. Here's the truth. You can be confident in your ability to think. You can get up on stage. You can be confident in your career and still not confident on the inside. 
And again, that's confident as fuck, inside out, yeah. all encompassing. So it's a self-esteem, self-worth issue. And it comes from a couple different places. So first of all, if you like, let's just take a celebrity, for example, first of all, you have a lot of yes people around you and you don't know who to trust because a lot of people just want to hang out with you because you're you or to get something from you. And then this breeds this weird sort of paranoia when even when it's not happening, they are suspicious. Okay. So that's, that's a trust issue. And again, perhaps they've attracted those people into them and they need to, then it becomes a little bit difficult for them to establish a boundary, you know? So if you're in that state, you, you almost don't want to make enemies. You don't want people out there talking about you. So there's this whole other realm, right? Of your media or what the people would say about you or what they could. And you don't want to, you know, oh, this person was in my life personally. I don't want to upset them because then they may go and right. And you and I don't really think that way because, We're not celebrities who are worried about someone going off and taking a photo of us in the shower when we're not looking and posting it for a thousand bucks, you know, to TMZ or whatever. But the truth is, is that, and this is where everyone has to also really beware when you're assessing someone else's confidence, just because someone appears confident and they're talking to a room of 50,000 people or they're very, you know, I'll give a great example. This is an example of a guy named John in my book. Obviously all the names were changed, but, um, In my book, John's a great example because John is tall, good looking and in in, in shape and he knows it. He also is an anesthesiologist, really confident. You have to be very confident to stick a needle in someone's back, you know, knock them out for a surgery because you know what? If you don't bring them back, they're dead. You're going to get a lot of heat. This is a very high stress job. Very confident in his ability. Completely confident. He's also a uh, spear fisherman. This is one of the most herring sports you can possibly imagine. First of all, it's like 3,000 calorie burn, you know, a minute type of sport. You're five miles out into the ocean with sharks. You know, you're in the open water. It's freezing. And not only that, you are wrangling like 150 pound sea creature to the surface. That alone could take an hour. You're getting seasick. You have to be in top shape. You have to be able to hold your breath for five minutes. Like this is no joke, right? You have to be very confident. Yet John cannot fucking talk to his neighbor about something really dumb. And I'll give you the scenario. John had just finished like hand-washing his house. And he noticed that his neighbor, who's very nice, by the way, he really liked his neighbor, thinks he's a sweet guy. His neighbor, he sees, has workers that are like doing some work and that they're going to be doing some stuff. And he's going, oh no, I just cleaned my whole house. Like they're going to get all this crap onto it. And like, I'll clean my house again. Anyway, he's in his head having all of these like, fights, conversations, and things with the neighbor that haven't happened yet. And he's stressing, this is going on for like a week. And finally, I was like, well, um, you know, we went through more than this. I put the whole conversation in the book. But essentially, I was like, well, this guy's a nice guy, right? You have no reason to believe he's an asshole. He's like, no, no, my neighbor's really, really nice. I'm like, all right, so what's the problem? He was like, well, I'm worried he's going to think I'm a jerk. That's usually, uh, again, worrying about what other people think of you. Yep. But but then it was, I said, well, okay, well, well, how about you just throw out something like, let's say his neighbor's name was Bob. Like, hey, Bob, I noticed you have some workers doing some stuff on your house. I just cleaned my whole house. Is there any way you can have the guys put up some tarps to protect from getting my house dirty? Or I don't know, I was just thinking about something maybe could be done. And he goes, what? That sounds really easy. I'm like, because it is. That's how simple that conversation needs to go. But in his head, he's already fostered a situation where the guy's a jerk or uh, now he's got to go clean his house again. And now he's annoyed already, even though nothing's ever happened. Finally, he, I convinced him to go say exactly that. And what happened was exactly what I thought. His neighbor was like, Oh, Oh my God, of course. You know what? Not only that we'll put up some tarps, but if for some reason they get crap all over the house, I'll have them pressure wash it again. And he was just amazed at how easy this, 
what that took nothing. You heard what I wanted to say. The neighbor just like a nothing, but yeah. in his so what is that? What is John? John's a people pleaser. Okay, John's a people pleaser who appears confident. So don't get tricked just because someone has an amazing job, they do some kind of fun, good looking, blah, blah, blah. all that stuff doesn't make them confident. You see how they move through the world, how they speak up for themselves, and how they operate and how they think about things. That's what's going to get you to see if they truly have self-esteem, you know, mm-hmm. and in very low self-esteem in a lot of ways, particularly when it came with relationships. And again, this very sweet neighbor that he's like scared to go talk to, but then suffering in his head for an entire week about a conversation. And so you know you're a people pleaser out there if you are having these like arguments and fights and things like that with people that haven't happened yet. Yeah. Because if you were me, you would just go say it and it would be done and over with, right? Versus mulling it in your head. And so, so yeah, you can't gauge someone's confidence based on that. There's people that, again, you know, who can get up on stage or win an Oscar or whatever it is. And then they go home and they have issues drawing boundaries with people. It doesn't matter if it's their family, their assistants, and, you know, oftentimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes our housekeepers more happier than happier than them. You know, we know that money doesn't breed happiness. And, you know, I live, my neighborhood is multi-gajillion dollar homes. There's, you know, I, I live in just incredible wealth here in Southern California. And you see it all the time, whether it's celebrities or high net worth individuals where they're missing something. And it's because they've chased after and they've thought correctly about money and they've achieved that, but they're missing the other stuff. You know, and then there's people who, let's say, are high achievers or are doing well. They don't consider themselves type A. They might consider themselves beta. Like they've been successful, but again, they feel like a little bit, and I don't think beta is bad, but they would think of themselves maybe as like weaker. Betas have great qualities, though. They're willing to accept help. They're more vulnerable. They are more accessible as people, um, willing to receive compliments and things like that, willing to ask for help So and more diplomatic when they do speak up. So they have a lot of great qualities that type A, highly confident people who need refinement can learn from. Yeah. But they also, too, need help speaking up because you don't get what you want in this world from the bedroom to the boardroom unless you speak up. You have to do it to draw boundaries, to... Uh, declare your worth in a job interview. Um, It doesn't matter where it is. And like we were talking about a little bit before this, which is sometimes people are very incongruent, like I once was, but they'll have, um, they'll be able to completely speak up with no, just no qualms in a romantic relationship. But then they can't go ask the boss for a raise and declare their worth in their job or vice versa. So it's very interesting. I have a friend who's a famous artist. He can stand there in front of his paintings at a show, talk to people, do the whole thing not shy, but then can't talk to a girl. So most likely if you're out there and you're struggling with confidence and self-esteem, there is some area you feel confident, even if that's an area like, I know I'm a good friend. That's enough. That's enough for someone to have self-esteem. No one is saying that confidence is about being a badass entrepreneur, a public speaker, a writer, any of these like outward extroverted things. It, it really is truly inside that you're walking everywhere in the world feeling completely comfortable in yourself, your skin, not judged. Obviously, health helps with feeling good in your skin. And I don't mean what you look like. I mean what you feel like, obviously. Yep. Um, but that's the important thing is that you can walk into the, a room anywhere alone and feel totally at ease. But most people don't. They walk in there and they're like, 
what are people thinking of me? What are they going to think of me if they talk to me? Uh, then you feel the need to like to impress people or to get some point across to make some type of impression. I never walk into any room like that. I don't care. Now, people would go, well, hold on a minute. Of course you care, Elle. Like you have a book. You want people to coach with you. Yes, we all want a good professional reputation. We all want to be liked. Yes, absolutely. I'm talking a little bit about it on like a little bit of a deeper level here that truly if no one still bought any of my books or never coached with me, it wouldn't dictate how I feel about me. Right. Unless I kept getting constant feedback that was negative and the same. Absolutely. Then you have to take a look at that, right? So if an actor keeps like never getting a job and they keep giving the same note and they never go and train or try to fix it, sure. Yeah. And then maybe you have to shift. But everything that you're saying, I mean, that I'm going to tie it back to health. I did not plan to do this whatsoever. But honestly, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, and I know you have them too, all those clients that say, well, but he's my doctor. She's my doctor. But they, but, but, but I, I can't, I can't ask for that because they're, they're the doctor and they put them on this pedestal and they don't have a voice and they don't have, like you said, the confidence to speak up for yourself, to be your own patient advocate, which you and I pound into people's heads. Like you have to be your own patient advocate. You have to go in and ask for these tests. You have to go in and say, Hey, this is what's going on. You have to, maybe you have to ask for a different medication. All of that comes into your health too. So if you can't speak up for yourself and you don't have that internal confidence and you think that somebody else in this world is a God, you got to get that out of your head because nobody is better than you. They might know a few things more than you. They might be able to help you or not, but nobody is better than you that you have to put them on a pedestal and bow down and worship and not be able to speak your, your mind or your truth or your feelings. You know, it's, it's so well said and it goes with anything. Like, are you nervous to talk to a CEO of a company? Like, why are you nervous to talk to an MD? Now, I nowadays would probably do it different. And I have done it different. I've walked into, you know, I actually have my doctor on my book, Dr. Gary Forsman of Middle yeah. Path Medicine. Of course, he's he's my guy. But insurance, he's not the insurance doctor, right? Because he didn't take insurance. So, you know, for the checkups and the dumb blood work, I go to the down the street dummy doctor, I'll just say it. Yeah. Um, and last time I walked in there, uh, when I first met her, I was transparent. I brought in my book. I said, look, I got to be honest with you. I wrote a book about uninformed doctors. So I just need to like start there, <laughs> you know? Love it. Now, here's the thing. I would do it differently because it's me. If I were talking to a doctor and they tried to patronize me, I would shut that shit down fucking immediately. And I would even say something to them like, hey, look, I know you got an MD, man. You got to get out of your ego right now. You're a doctor. You need to help me. I'm the patient here. I don't suggest people doing that. I would take a much harder (laughs) approach. Um, Don't be me. Okay. That's just different. But what I would do is you can always say things like, well, first of all, find another doctor if they're patronizing you. But you can always say, hey, look, I respect that you have an MD and then you've worked off of that. I just want you to be open to the fact that perhaps you didn't learn everything you needed to know then because there's other people saying things that are different. And the fact that you're not even looking into it is concerning for me because I'm the patient and I don't think ego should be involved here. And I get that you probably spent a hundred thousand dollars or more 10 years of your life. And I totally understand that, but I'm here suffering and I'm doing a lot of research myself here. And I know you think that's a joke because you're a doctor and a web MD and we're Googling it, but like, I'm really into this and I need you to hear me. I need you to help me. I need you to practice medicine with me. You know, and the the truth is that the more armed you are with knowledge anyway, this is what I've seen with my clients around the world, when they get more knowledgeable, whether it's through me, reading my book, whatever it is, 
then when they're presenting themselves to the doctor, then there's a different level of confidence about the knowledge and the subject. And that doctor might be willing to go, all right, well, maybe I'll get on a phone with you and L phone call with you and L, or maybe I'll read the Q and A in the back of her book or, you know what? Okay. I don't think it's going to hurt. Why don't we try it? You know, but you need to find a doctor who's willing to practice medicine with you. And if you keep getting patronized by your doctor, which hi, uh, poster child for that experience, you're with the wrong people, but you got to do your best to work with them until you find the new one. Sometimes if you can't do it on your own. Right. So Yes, you, you do need to speak up and it's extra hard, especially again, you've got that lump in your throat already. You, your thyroid's already screwed up. You're depressed because it makes you depressed. Your body's falling apart. You got no mental energy. You are more emotional and triggered by small things. Your mm -hmm. adrenals are frazzled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've cried because a doctor patronized me when I was in that state. It's not fun, but you got to muster it up. So have a plan, have some type of elevator pitch to go in there with, as we say in the industry, you know, get, yeah. get your thing to say, be, beware and be ready for the contradictions. You know, I, it's just so amazing to me how many people, again, if you're not knowledgeable, then whatever dumbass thing comes out of this ignorant doctor's mouth, you're not going to know that it's dumb. You're not right. going to understand that or you're not going to be able to challenge them and ask them why and then wait to see if they give you the wrong answer. That being said, I have literally sat there with a the doctor and drawn the whole fire rate, explained the whole thing completely clearly, gave them my book and still have them go, but the TSH. Oh, God. Yeah. And so, you know, this is what Dr. Forsman says about it's like literally trying. It's like asking a rabbi to do Hail Marys. That's not you're just not even on the right playing here. You're, yeah. Sometimes you're never going to win. So endocrinologists are classically the worst, as we know. They're the most indoctrinated. Getting to a functional MD, someone like you and me, anyone in the space who is doing the right test, who's more willing to listen to you and spend time with you to solve the problem. Right. Right. Because you can feel confidence with us. <laughs> we're, we're not going to shoot you down and make you feel small. You're on the same same you know, level because we've been there. We, we've, we've been in your shoes. So... Exactly. And that's what we do, right? And that's what you do is we're educating these people as well as giving them the specifics that they need for their situation, but we're educating them. Everyone that comes to me, and I'm assuming this is the same for you, most like 99.9% .9 of them have no idea what the hormone they're taking is doing. They don't even know how the thyroid works. They have no clue. And I get messages from people all the time on DM and elsewhere, and they'll even pick up on something I might've said in an interview and completely mis misinterpret it. You know what I mean? Or be yep. like, oh, I heard this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That frazzled, let me fix it. Let me try to get this. I'm going to try a new thing every day. That's not true knowledge. Because if you really get to understand this, then it starts to make sense. You know, but you can't. So you can't look for Amy or I to save you either. We're going to help you save yourself. And we're going to save you a little bit. But you got to understand this stuff. That's why I don't let my clients out of not understanding it. Right. People are coming to us at different levels of understanding. Some people are like at our level, they might really get it. And yeah. some people are missing a link. They're missing something. And then you go, oh, so really our advocacy, I think you would agree, is, is also it's education mm -hmm. yeah. to the individual and at, on mass. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you see this too, that, you know, you have those different levels of education with, with the clients, but they might be missing. And honestly, the, the mindset, the meditation, 
the 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 breathing, the the confidence aspect, that really has only come into my field of vision, I would say within the last maybe two years. Before that, I was just like you. I was just like the listeners thinking, you know what, I, I need the the med piece and the diet piece and the supplement piece and, and the exercise piece. And that's what I need to work on and, and not realizing that, that was such a key component. So I'm sure you see that in your like kind of almost pulling your thyroid clients into the confidence course or into like continuing working one-on-one with you on that mindset confidence piece, because it's like, okay, we got this over here. Now you need to move over here. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's so it's just so important. It's so important. I can't even drive that point home enough. So I love that you're doing this now and really taking that almost like a whole systems approach. Even if you have different clients, different clients in, in their walks of life, like you said, you might have a, a you might be working one on one with confidence and mindset with a, a CEO that doesn't have a thyroid problem. Doesn't have to. You don't have to have a thyroid problem to work with you. No. But you, you, but then at the same time, but, you might have a thyroid problem. Help with their health, I could yeah. be there for that. Some of them don't even. Some of them have that health dialed in. But it's really the yeah. mindset, and it's not even just mindset. Like we talked about, like meditation or you know finding more mm-hmm. fun, uh, turning off their phone, uh, yeah. looking at something else in life, stop chasing after money and chase yeah. after something else. But it really is the interpersonal relationships of those that are around them that usually is the thing. You know, so, and this is the truth because, so I, you know, I was making six figures at the age of 22. I was already, you know, a badass with my own office and Armani suits and, you know, the whole thing. And I was go, go, go. Like, I'm not surprised I ended up where I ended up with my arm situation and everything else. And then later hypothyroidism, but that fast pace, go, go, go you screw up other areas of your life and sacrifice for that. So if you are a high achiever, you are bound to have other areas of your life that are messy or fucked them up somehow in your pursuit of that. And again, nothing wrong with that. It's just, you need to course correct because when you get to that point of achievement, you realize, and here's the other thing too. I mean, like talking about celebrities or any, anyone who's in the public space, it's lonely at the top. It can be fucking lonely. I've seen it firsthand, not just with clients, but like uh, many years ago, uh, I used to hang out regularly with some really well-respected like celebrities. And, you know, one of the things that this celebrity, very famous, gajillions of dollars expressed was his friends from, you know, like high school and college and stuff, they'd call and they need something. Their car got towed. They need some money, right? He was a quick sort of call for that. And he was always very generous. But I remember one time he got off a call and I could just see that he was really bummed. And he said, you know, It'd be nice if they just like called me to say hi, see how I'm doing. And I just wanted, yeah. to, I just wanted to like cry for the guys. He's like a down to earth, good guy. He's been generous with all of his friends, all these kind of things. And then yet there's a phone call with his buddy from college. He's his buddy and is, he's willing to help the buddy, but he's like, it'd be nice if I could, you called me another time too. You know, they, they start to feel that nobody then wants them unless it's for something. Right. And then it also can be lonely because you're admired everywhere you go. People are like, you're so great. You're so great. And you're just like, I'm just me. I'm just fucking me. Yeah. And so I get that. It's a very weird, strange, sometimes it's even strange if I go to an event and people are like, oh my God, L, you know, well, I'm not a celebrity. There are some people that be like, I've talked to who will say, and it's a very nice compliment. It's lovely to hear when people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, I'm such a fan. I listen to all your shows. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity right now. Right. And, it, and it's it's not that I can't accept that compliment, 
But there is that moment where you're like, I'm just me. I'm just, I'm just normal, just like you. We're all normal. And and it goes the same for these people as well. They really are just fucking normal people. I can't even say yeah. it any other way. And sometimes less happier than you out there with way less money mm-hmm. and a much harder job. So we know from happiness research, and Rob Mack is the expert on this, really, but and there, there are a few, but he's really great. We know that between like, I think it's 60 and 80000 dollars anything over 80000 the happiness quotient's not that much higher with the amount of money you earn. And so we know money doesn't equal happiness, or otherwise all these wealthy celebrities wouldn't be having drug issues and you know, all sorts of nightmare five-time divorces and what whatever you guys see on uh in the media, right? It wouldn't be happening if they had it all mapped out. It's just that they were thinking right about success and money, and they were particularly confident in those areas to some degree, or they got lucky and rode the wave, but usually it's you know, they were, they were great at manifesting that, but now their tribe sucks or their relationship with their parents suck or, you know, some other area gets fucked up along the way of this hyper pursuit of high achievement, you know? Right. And you and I were talking before this too, about like therapy versus working on your confidence, going through your confidence course. I mean, you have, you have great testimonials on your website. We'll link to everything that we're talking about in the show notes, but, but that kind of go into that difference between, therapy and just working on certain pieces of your mindset, certain pieces of your confidence level, chipping away at what you exactly need. Yeah. Well, we're chatting about, you know, I've seen this a couple of times, but particularly uh, with a client and also with a friend, both of whom almost, and I think people understand this. I've said this before on episodes where they're almost going to continually visiting different therapists for the confirmation that keeps them in their victimhood. I love that. For example, one, one client was with their parents. And so even though they were well above the age, you should even be a victim, (laughs) not, you know, we can be a victim at any age, but you know, this like, come on, they weren't like 18 years old. They, uh, I I think they were doing it to really sort of fuel the self aggrandizement and the narcissism of the shyness and the debilitating victimhood that they were in. So anytime you would mention something positive. They, they might say like, well, you know, that's different. See, you were raised differently. And then you just go, no, you don't, you don't get to do that anymore. Because see, now that you know that already, you got to fucking change it. So if you're aware and you've spoken it, it's like years ago, I worked with this woman who was a nightmare. And um, back in the, the corporate world, she eventually got fired because she was a nightmare because you cannot be a prima donna like that. And at some point, it doesn't matter how much money you're bringing in for the company, they're going to get rid of you. And I remember she saying, she said one time, she's like, you know, I know I'm a bitch, but, and I go, Hey, you better stop right there. If you know that you're a bitch, you stop being a fucking bitch, man. You don't, <laughs> right. Like, you know, this about, you just admitted it. Then you yeah. stop. Right. So if you know, like, well, my parents were terrible. Great. Parent yourself. Now it's time to do that work. You could do that with a coach. You could do that with other people. So therapy actually didn't help them. What helped them was me actually just giving them, like, I think it was initially the audiobook of The Secret to try to give them a little imprinting of the fact that you can create your own reality. Yep. And they went yep. down the rabbit hole of such authors, and really their life is 180. Um, now, while therapy was probably more worthwhile to them in the younger stages of their life, getting out of debilitating shyness, it really wasn't until they realized it was them. They had to put their personal responsibility. So sometimes therapy can be a way of avoiding the personal responsibility to make the changes because you're just like, aha, see, I'm ruined. My parents sucked. Bingo. Chat. Oh, there's the 10th person that just fucking told me that. Aha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, what good does that do you? You're still in the suffering. You're just in the blaming, you know? And, yeah. and like you say, there are no victims, only volunteers. Now, people would go, L, I did not ask to get cancer or get mugged last week on the subway. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I didn't also ask for hypothyroidism. And- right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I will say, though, that the shittiest things in my life that have happened to me were the best things in life that have happened to me. And usually that does work out with some people. Again, the personal responsibility is what truly needs to happen in order for you to get better no matter what. So even if you're sick and you're blaming all the doctors, you're, but then but then you ask the person, have you learned about the shit? Did you, have, you, have you learned about your type 2 diabetes? Do you even know what it is? Do you even know how the pancreas works? They would say no. They're, again, looking outside themselves, looking to a therapist, looking to a doctor or someone to save them. A lot of the work is us. You know, it's like when clients do not want to hear about adjusting their diet when it comes to Hashimoto's, let's say, for a while, if they have to go on the AIP. It always seems like the end of the fucking world if someone with (laughs) with grains and stuff. But the truth is, how quickly do you want to get better? So mouth to anus is on you, man. No No one can do that. And if you're a parent, that's also on you too. If you've got a child, you're feeding them. Excuses, excuses. We've got to stop. Just accept where you're at. Don't beat yourself up. It's okay. It's okay that you were a victim anyway up until this very moment. But it's, it's now you. So if you had shitty parents, you have to parent yourself or help someone parent you along with yourself. And same with a doctor. If doctors haven't helped you. You got to do what Amy and I did. You got to look into the stuff. You got to get educated and you got to keep persevering. But what I do know on both fronts is that perseverance pays, period, no matter what. And that's not even a lot of action per se, as much as it is attention. So it pays in all realms, no matter what it is. And so you have to keep going. And the clients that come to me, and I'm sure you, the ones that are really just like, that's it. I've had enough. They're, they're determined. They've done the work. They're listening to all the interviews with us. Yep. They usually are the ones that succeed. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. They, don't up. they keep trying. And that's a sense of hope that other people don't have. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. I love that. I, I felt hopeless, Amy, too. I cried forever for when I was suffering with hypothyroidism. Man, I saw my eyes out all the time. Why won't anyone help me? Yep. I mean, why the fuck won't anyone help me? I've seen all these doctors, I mean, bawling, like screaming, like just so angry. And it turns out I was the one that did it. I mean, you know, like, what the hell? Turns out I actually did. I, you know, the person I was looking for was me to help save me. So, now that Amy and I are here and you've got the Karen Martells of the world and other people doing this, Janie Bullthorpe, always give a shout mm-hmm. out to Janie Bullthorpe, the OG uh-huh. of all of this, stopthethyroidmadness.com is her website. You know, thank God that's out there. There's podcasts, there's tech stuff now where there wasn't 20 years ago. You have no excuse not to educate yourself. But if, so you can reach out for help, but if you're looking for that to be the complete lifeline, half that lifeline is you, it's you. And it's the same with the mindset stuff or anything else that we're wallowing in. And on this note, because, you know, my book's called The Paleo Thyroid Solution, the first one, mm-hmm. but on this note, and this goes to confidence, and this is mostly from Mark Sisson's book, Primal Connection. Our ancestors did not have the luxury in wallowing in self-pity. This is a modern day fucking luxury. Okay. Oh my God, I love that. When yes. it was tough, these people didn't cry when the water hole was tainted. They didn't sit around and mope. They moved on. They moved on and forged ahead. Right. So, yeah. and confidence is also not a fixed anchored quality within you. It's the sum of the thoughts you think and the actions you take, which means that you have a actual choice right? And it's not reflective of your actual capacity to succeed in something. It's more reflective of your belief in your ability to succeed or prevail in life or at a specific thing in general. Mm -hmm. So this is attainable for everybody. But this wallowing in self-pity and despair and victimhood, and again, 
I'm not saying those feelings aren't real and I'm not saying you're wrong for feeling them. I've been there too. I'm just saying that this is a modern day freaking luxury because back then failure was feedback. That's it. It wasn't to take to heart. Now, granted, they were probably a lot harsher about some shit and we have probably become nicer, (laughs) you know, human beings understanding. But until we actually settled down, like this was, we were in survival. It was like forge ahead. You know why? Because a victim mentality for a hunter gatherer would have meant death. Yes. A hundred percent. But it kind of does now too. It's just the death of the soul, the brain, that kind of death, the death of your, your light, the death of your possibilities, the death of your potential. Right. But back then they would have just fucking died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're hundred percent right. And now, like you said, we have the resources. So you have the resources to learn about your thyroid, your health, your type two di- diabetes. Now you have the resources to work on your mentality. You have a, a course to kind of go along with your book, Confidence as Fuck. So can you tell us about the confidence course? Is that yeah. open right now? And can people jump in? Yeah. Well, right now that one's closed. The next one. That one's closed too. Yeah, okay. So the next, where's the thing? I coach privately, but at a lower cost, I do two group, group programs. One's called the writing program. It's eight weeks called Knock It Out, Get It Done. I don't care if you have a book, screenplay, articles, whatever it is. Amazing. Yeah. I want to expand fun. on that one in a second. Yeah, really so you have the writing of it. yeah. And then I've got a six weeks confidence course where we do go through some of my stuff. You get a free copy of my book in its group. You got to be vulnerable and open. We're on Zoom every week for two mm-hmm. hours. And then everyone gets a half an hour private session with me too. Amazing feedback from that. I tell you what, the group that I just had was amazing group of women and they were all very different, but they all learned so much from each other. And this also happened in the writing program and it happened in a way that I really didn't expect it. Not that you wouldn't expect it to happen in general, but someone who was writing something completely different than the other person said something about their experience that somehow was like, oh, she just said that. And that just opened the power of groups is, is fantastic. And so, so you can work with me in a group at a lower cost to sort of get started. I mean, are you, and and what was interesting about the confidence course, and I was hoping and really betting on this happening, which was that during that six weeks, someone was going to have to actually do something in real life. All of them had situations that they had to step up to. I love it. All of them. And one of them was a very minor thing. And I'll tell you is sometimes it starts small she kept, she was getting her hair cut by the same person for many years. The person though started to cut her hair instead of cutting it straight across at the bottom, which apparently is called the blunt cut. They were texturizing it, meaning using the scissors up on their ends. And somehow it didn't work for their hair and they didn't like it, but they just couldn't speak up about it. Now, some people would be like, that is so stupid. Why wouldn't you, you're paying for the money. But sometimes confidence and self-esteem goes to those deep levels where you can't even say something in your fucking hair dress you've been going to to 20 years. So I said, I said to her, I go, well, you know, you're going to have to say something. Now, here's the thing, the way we approached it and it worked and it was great, but the way we approached it was a lot of times people think that they have to approach a situation through reprimanding or some kind of negativity. Like I wouldn't want her to do this and she didn't, but people would think that she'd maybe have to approach the hairdresser and be like, Hey, look, like I asked you already like twice and you didn't do it. Uh, That's probably not going to, catches much, you know, flies, right. With honey kind of situation, you need to dress it up a bit. So what I suggest is that she go in there and just kind of make it like a kind of a fun thing, like go in there and let's say the hairdresser's name was Betty. Like, Hey Betty, Hey, you know what I think? I kind of want to switch it up this week. You know what I was thinking? I know you've been like doing the texture dens, but I, I kind of want you to do a blunt cut this time. I know it may take a few cuts, but can we just try that? I want to see how it goes, you know, easy, I right? You're, what a different tone. Yep. Instead of like, hey, uh, I asked you for this, and but then you didn't, ooh, yeah. 
Well, that usually puts the other person on defense. And then this way, it's just a request and it's in a positive light way. Now, what I did ask her before I kind of gave her that recommendation was I said is, so you've been going to this hairdresser a long time. Is there any other topic from the last time you were there or anything that you could bring up? Uh, anything uh, like, hey, oh, how was your daughter's play or yeah. anything like that? And she said, well, actually, she had given me some new shampoo that I really liked. I go, bingo, perfect. Here we go. So then she's going there. Hey, I want to switch it up. What do you think about that? And then when she's done with that request, like, so I'd like you to blunt cut it. And I know it might take a couple times and then right away segue into, oh, and by the way, love that shampoo you gave me. You know what I'm saying? Top it off, segue, because then there's that request and it's silent. You don't have to totally throw it away. Sometimes that's not always the case. She went and did it. She was so happy. The The person was like, oh, of course, yes. And then she's like, oh, it may take a couple of times. Now, this is such a simple thing. Sometimes yeah. it starts with setting your steak back because it's not cooked right or talking to your hairdresser. But, but oh, she felt so much better. Was it a little awkward and yucky for her to go in and do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's never fun. It's not fun when you're coming from a place of no confidence and self-esteem to have to speak up. Even your fucking hairdresser who's got no issues with you and is a nice person. Right, but then it's easier the next time. And this happened to everybody in the course. So yes, get in on the confidence course. The next one is January and the next writing program is January. Although okay. of course we coach privately on both of those. But again, if you want to do a group thing and look, the new year is a great time, you know, new year, new you, people are at that phase where they're like, all right, I'm done with the holiday garbage. And I just want to do something different this year. That's a great time to jump into a confidence course or a writing program. You know, 80% of Americans want to be writers. And those are just the statistics for the U.S. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because people are like, oh, it'd be such a great life, whatever. But most people that I know have some kind of idea for a book or something. The only difference between them and me is that I actually get it done. Well, that's why I wanted to bring you on because, I mean, number one, we, we talked a lot about the confidence, the mindset piece. And by the way, let me back up. If, if people are not sitting there right now, blown away by that hairdresser story and really like actually like kind of doing that, like step back, like, oh my God, I can't, I can't even ask my husband. I'm always bitchy when I go to my husband and I, and I say, well, you, you didn't do it right this way and you didn't do this and you're not doing this for me instead of just rephrasing it. Like you yeah. just said, oh my God, your marriage could be better. I'm sorry if that didn't hit each and every single person, then they're lying. And this is absolutely the case with marriage and relationships. And I do deal a lot with that because it's usually uh, like, for example, uh, I knew someone who uh, their dog had died. It was like their baby. They didn't have kids. They stole all the shit out of this thing. They were really depressed. And their, their long-term boyfriend at the time, they'd been together for like 10 years. So almost a marriage just wasn't giving them enough love. And instead of going and asking for it and expecting them to be a mind reader, right? They were just resentful about it. Yeah. And so they blamed them like, you know, I'm upset and you're not all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, did you ever think about going to him and just being like, you know what, honey, here's the truth. Like I'm just fucking vulnerable and I'm feeling emotional and I'm feeling like a fucking baby lately. And I'm just a wreck. And I'm a total disaster about the dog dying. Can I yep. just, I need to request, like, I need like, can you give me lots of lugs and kisses and just extras on all the stuff right now because I'm just hating it. Yeah. That's a way to go get what you want. Or again, like your husband's not doing the dishes. It, instead of like, hey, uh, you know, I've been doing the dishes for fucking 15 years, 20 years, and you've never done them. So, you know, it'd be nice if you did. Like, that's not, it's really right. not going to get you what you want, you know? Right. Exactly. Or, or also too, you know, when you're, especially when you're drawing boundaries with people with communication, You've got to almost be really clear in what you say, and then it needs to be repeated. So, for example, if someone's being snippy or sarcastic with you and you want that behavior to change, 
you call it out and then you call it out every fucking time. Oh, you don't go, you don't, you don't go like, Oh, you always do that. You go up oh, there. It was, Hey, Hey, I thought, I thought I mentioned that to you. I don't yes. I'm not going to be spoken to like that. Just get it in one of those easy buttons. And get, just right in their face. Every single time, every <laughs> time they button. will eventually get it. And if they don't, then you can be like, all right, look, go to a counselor and be like, I've told you fucking 20 times to yeah. stop that. Yet you are still throwing these asshole comments my way, but you're not going to do it unless you declare it. And you don't force it by being like, stop, you know, like you can't, it's just like, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not yeah. going to accept this. And so it has, so when you draw a boundary, you got to keep drawing it. You can't draw the boundary and then also violate it yourself, which a lot of people do in relationships. So, so amazing. you're so pissed at people being snippy and shitty with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're doing to them. That's what you're yeah. doing. So you need to stop fucking doing that shit first. You need to, what my friend Tanya Dyer calls art of self-rescue. You need to get your own shit straight and then live by example that way. And then make the request, turn it around. You can, people do it all the time. But again, the reprimanding usually doesn't work. Criticism and demanding doesn't do anything, but you have to keep declaring, keep declaring your worth, your boundaries, whatever it is. So for example, if someone, this is a real small, dumb one, but if someone were patronizing to me, for example, or like laughed at, let's say I made a request and they like laughed patronizingly at me. The first thing I would probably say is, I'm sorry, did you just laugh at me? You see what I mean? I'm not going to defend myself further. I'm not going to defend my position or why I'm asking or whatever else. Yep. I'm literally going to call out what just happened that was shitty. I'm sorry, did you just laugh at me? Or I'm sorry, what was that you just said? I'm sorry, did you just say ABC? Just want to make sure we're clear. Usually when a bully approaches you with stuff like that, if you call them on that, they're like, oh, I know I." Because right in that moment, as you've been like, did you just laugh at me? They now backtrack because they realize they're a fucking asshole, usually. Yeah. So yeah. it's just different. you got to be strong and it, and it takes building up. Not everybody is going to be me, right, in certain situations. It's okay. They can be them. Me. Yeah. I'm going to my shit down, you know, 100%. This is life changing. I'm going to take your course next time. So please put me on the wait list because I want to jump in in January. I don't, know and, need, I don't know that you need it. You're probably already on your way there. Or yeah, already you know there. What? I'll just everything that you said, those little, when you, like I said, people are sitting there thinking about their interactions, maybe outside of what the world sees. And that is amazing. Like that really hit home. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I say, I approach certain people in my life, totally the wrong way. Ergo, I don't get what I want because I'm totally approaching them the wrong way. So. And also too, I've got to be, uh, for example, one of my life, I still have to keep learning. This is I'm a very direct communicator, clearly. Right. I don't have any bullshit. Don't uh, my nickname in college was no shit. That's what my friends called me. They literally called I read me. That on you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I don't take any shit. I don't give any shit. Obviously I'm known for that. And I love that. That's great. However, not everybody is a downtown, direct, shy town, East Coasty, Midwest type person who speaks this way. And I have learned over time that I really have to pepper and color and preface certain conversations with people that I know that can't receive it. Now, if I'm calling up Mark Sisson or something who's very much like me, I could easily just, he picks up the phone, I go, yo, hey, and I get right into it. I don't need to sit there and go, hey, and same with him. You could call me, you know, and, and that's how my friends are. If I'm on the phone, I'm like, gotta go by, click. No one's offended. Okay. But I've learned over time that not everyone communicates that way. It can come across offensive. It can come across as somehow you have some negative emotion, even though I totally don't. I'm just being matter of fact. So what I've realized, and especially coming from a woman, 
Yep. When you're matter of fact, so I've realized in emails, in certain conversations with work colleagues or other people, yes, I, I gloss it up. I got to dress it up because there's no tone font. There's no nothing that you, you know, and so that can get you into trouble. It's a be careful on the send is what I call it in my book. And I still have to adjust. It's gauging your audience. So I always wasn't good at that. And I probably inadvertently either offended people or they thought I was being mean, which I totally am not. Anyone who knows me, I'm just straight up. I literally don't often, I'm never moody. I'm even keeled. Like I don't often get upset. So, you know, but again, it's the, it's the forceful directness that again, it's not for everybody. So you got to adjust. Right. Right. I'm sure you probably had that too, because you're pretty direct. I'm pretty direct. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You just kind of have to adjust it down and and dial it down. And that's what I want to learn is how to get, tap into my beta a little bit. Yeah. We all, all of us alphas totally need to do that. And I think it's really important. And that, that goes to vulnerability being really key. Yeah. I think probably you sharing your health story and my two probably opened up that a little bit for us. And then I just had to kind of kick it further because that is absolutely because vulnerability benefits others. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I I don't know about you, but I don't really get into the deep pain because it's so far behind me. I remember, like you said, I remember saying, oh my God, why is this happening? Why isn't anyone listening to me? I remember crying in my car, but I don't remember the pain like somebody coming to you or I right now going, Oh my God, I feel horrible. You know, I, I just don't remember that pain. So it's it's helpful for me to kind of tap into that and almost allow myself to get back there and feel that so that it's not just a story. Like, yeah, I was misdiagnosed six times and then cried in my car. And then where you actually get into the pain, like, no, I know how you feel. I just have pushed it away so I can help yes. you. But yeah, I can cry with you too, because I I that is there still. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think it's the most, I, I, I totally hear you. And I make a point when I'm interviewed about thyroid stuff that I do get into that because that's what resonates with the people. Then they truly know we understand how they feel, mm-hmm. but because we're so far beyond it, or we may not want to tap into that. I do. I cry with clients. I've cried with yeah. couples, right? My, you know, husband, wife talking to me and the, you know, the wife's suffering. The husband's like, Oh my God, my wife, she's not the same. And all this kind of stuff. Um, it's important. Um, and so when I, when I do interviews on thyroid, I try to make a point to remember to talk about really how it feels, how it felt, what my mindset was at the time, the things I was thinking, you know, because that is what truly will connect with the people out there suffering right now, even though you and I haven't suffered for many years, but yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And before I do let you go, so there's the, the con- we'll replay this actually closer to uh, January when it's going to be released again, when, you're, when your confidence course is going to be released again, and when your book writing course is going to be released again. But yeah, in the meantime, people can click and just work with you one-on-one, absolutely, 100%. And I do want and to kind of talk courses for everything, by the way. So that's articles, speeches. I ha- there was a woman in my writing course who literally is just, she was 73, not familiar okay. with Instagram. She just wanted to do blog posts, Instagram posts. So again, it, but anything having to do with writing. Yeah. And with the writing, I just think, I mean, when I found out that you were doing this and you and I talked about you know me writing a book and I will get to it one of these days, but yeah, people listening right now, you don't have to be again, a a celebrity, you don't have to be a doctor, you don't have to be an advocate, you don't have to be in functional medicine. You could just tell your story. And isn't that where where your first book came from 
was your story. So you were helping people at the time, but it was really about what you learned along the way. And so many of the listeners have gone through so much shit that if they were to put it down on paper and put it in a book, think about the amount of people that, that you, the listener could help right now by putting your story on paper. So this is not just, I think people hear like book writing, oh, well, no, I'm not going to write a book because I'm not so-and-so. You don't have to be. Not in this day and age. I mean, you know, not with Amazon self-publishing. And in general, you know, your book doesn't, you could be 30 pages. I mean, it shouldn't be, should be a little bit longer. It doesn't really matter. You can do what you want. You can do an ebook. Uh, the, The people in my last class, one is writing a book on philosophy and how a specific ancient Greek philosopher changed her life. She was a Christian, got disillusioned with it, and found this one philosopher who changed her life and helped her solve her anxiety. Amazing. I happen to have a philosophy degree. Love it. One girl's 25. She wanted to write a young adult fiction novel, you know, in the spirit of the Harry Potters, the Divergence, all those kind of fun sci-fi, you know, cool other world type of things. Really fun. Awesome. So that would be, you know, a fiction novel. And then uh, another woman, I told you, wanted to do posts and things like that and blog posts. Uh, She had already written a book. And then another woman wanted to do, she did a course. She is an autoimmune expert. And she had all this stuff and she had the acronym and she wanted to do book slash course slash ebook slash something. Yeah. And so we did all that. So my writing program is only five people max. The confidence course is, is I think 10 max. Um, yep. So they are small groups, but it spanned the ages of 25, 73, all sorts of different stories. What I find though, is that most people who come to me and I'm working with someone privately now too on this. They think like, oh, I don't want to sound like a victim or everyone's already thinking of the end to where they're being judged and what people will think of them. Again, this is where the confidence comes in. You're not going to fucking tell anyone you're writing a book. We're talking about it. No one else knows. That's the end of it. You don't tell people who aren't going to be on your side and excited because the first thing you're going to get is, well, you've never written a book before. Or like, well, I didn't know you were a writer and all this kind of shit's going to project, project a lack of confidence onto you. So you just don't talk about it. That would be my advice to anyone starting something new and exciting like that, that may be different from what you normally are perceived of, because I got it. I got that too, even though I, I am a writer. I believe me, I got downered left and right by people, especially if you're in a creative profession or an entrepreneurial endeavor. So just keep your wonderful, yummy ideas close to the vest. Stop telling your sister, Mary, who uh, fucking is a downer on everything idea you've ever brought to her. Uh, you think you're going to change on this next one and be excited? Guess what? Your book will come out. It'll be a bestseller. She still won't fucking be excited. That's Mary. Yeah. yeah. She's like a Mary. Stop talking to Mary, you know, or whatever, whoever the person is. So, so it can be private, but people do get caught up in the after of like, well, what will people think if I, and this is what I tell people about my first book, because this is true. Right after it was published, people, uh, someone called me uh, like a week into it and they were like, are you like on Amazon every day, like checking your reviews? Absolutely fucking not. No. What resistance is that? Who likes me? Do people like me? Do people fucking yeah. like me? I yeah. don't care. I'm no. proud of that book. All I cared is that it helped one person's life and that the publisher made their money back. That's all I cared about. That or something better. Well, I got way better than that. It's changed thousands of people's lives. It's in its like sixth or seventh printing. Yes. Wonderful. But again, that whole, like, I wonder what people are saying. So being confident as fuck too is really, truly, you don't care about the opinions of others to pretty much the umpteenth degree. But yeah, there's, there's caveats for, of course, you want a good general reputation. You want people to buy your products, your, right. your podcast, but of course. But again, I still would have felt good about myself if no one bought that freaking book. Yeah. 
Yeah. And me looking for it is resistance. It's almost like, I hope, I hope I, 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 uh, uh, no, I don't care. Well, now there's 500 five-star reviews. That's great. I didn't start reading them until like a year ago. It's been years since that book was published. There you go. Because it wasn't, because that's not what gives me my self-esteem. Exactly. That goes back to what you said in the beginning. Like you don't need the props. You don't need $5 million of book sales to have the self-esteem to get you through life. And to enjoy life. Likes or follows right. or any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Oh gosh, that could be another podcast. Yeah. Everyone in this space, whether they're health or health coach or want a podcast or whatever, this whole notion of like, well, the market's saturated. You know what? Cancel your thought immediately right there. Yeah. I have interviewed over 500 freaking people over the years. I've interviewed some people that are boring as shit. I'm sure you've had the same situation where you're carrying the whole thing. It's like pulling teeth. You can't even believe this person is a best-selling author. Yeah. You can't speak. Yet they got like a million followers on you. Look, there's someone for everyone. Everybody. Yep. I don't care that there's a hundred million health coaches or a hundred million. If you have a passion to do it, you do it. You don't worry and care about what the fuck other people or whether the market, because every, there is someone for everybody, believe me. And even if you're not an author, there are those people that have a million followers on YouTube, boring as hell, whatever. There is space for you. There's not a lack of abundance out there. There just isn't. There isn't. There isn't. And you're bringing, you're, you're just bringing gifts to the world, to the listeners, to your followers, to my followers. So I, I genuinely, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this because I think that what you're offering, the one-on-one work, the, the confidence course, the book writing course is, is it, it's applicable to my listeners because they need this piece. It can't be all thyroid health, T3, versus T3, weight, insulin. It can't be all that. You have to work on, on the inside stuff too and what's up here in your head. So can you tell people how they can connect with you? If they want to work one-on-one with you right now, if they want to wait until January, that's fine. Uh, like I said, we'll repost this so they have the links, but let people know how they can reach out to you and find you. Sure. LRust.com is the best way to, you know, find everything about me. Um, my books are, of course, on Amazon, but you can just click any of the coaching tabs or the writing program or confidence course tag, but definitely check out the free stuff. There's a free thyroid guide with the list of tests and other things, but there's also the free audiobook with guided affirmations yes. and a guide, two guided meditations, one on healing, one on money, and then That's the great. two affirmation sort of, you know, you can just kind of turn it on and play it as you start your morning. One is on confidence and the other also is on abundance. So those are just four tracks on there and that's completely free. Like you don't need to do anything to get that. And then also too, September 28th, I'm launching my own show, my own podcast called the L Rush Show. What? Really excited. You didn't tell me this. I know. This is years a bomb the, dropped on me right now. This is a bomb dropped on you right now. Years, you know, years in the making. I've been podcasting for seven years with Primal Blueprint. Um, that will become the Primal Kitchen podcast when I leave. And I'm looking forward to it. I, I've got so many great guests and it's about expanding that conversation. A, I need to want to do my own thing after all these years. I've been with the company for 10, but I mean, spanning the conversation from mindset to everything I've got, you know, Brad Thor, number one, New York times, bestselling author writes thrillers on, uh, Lynn McTaggart, people in the mind body space. I've done so much health, so many episodes on diabetes and not that I won't have health people back throughout the years and stuff on the show, but again, just broadening it out. So I'm excited about that. And you can just go to lrush.com, but it's the L Rush show and that'll be available on Apple, Spotify and everywhere. And uh, it'll be lrushshow.com as well. But that will, the first episode will be out September 28th. So I don't know when people will be listening to this, but check it out. 
your your podcast will be out. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Nick, well, you're going to have to come on that one in, in the new year for sure. And we can yeah. talk about a bunch of this stuff. So yeah, really, really fun. And again, you know, get get in on this stuff. Or look, if you, you know, my the audio book just came out to Confident as Fuck. It's great, guys. And I normally wouldn't say that about something I <laughs> voiced, you know, necessarily. We don't want to listen to ourselves. Even if you can't read, even if you don't have that brain capacity right now because you are hypo, mm-hmm. listen to Confident as Fuck, the audio book, you know, just listen to that. It's going to encourage you. I'm there encouraging you. I'm narrating it. It's my book. Let me seep into your head a little bit. You can decide after listening to that if you want to, you know, take a, a little bit of a deeper dive into the confidence course. Well, it's funny. I read it, but I want, now that you're saying, I want to listen to it too. I didn't know it was an audiobook. Uh, I want to listen to it too, because sometimes I get more. I know a lot of people say, I get more when I read the pages and I get that, but I am a listener. I, I would rather well, have I'm, I'm not on. a juror because I agree with you. I only listen to audiobooks almost, in, except for eBooks occasionally, if someone sends it to me for like an interview. But other than mm-hmm. that, I'm an audiobook person. And yet it took me like a year and a half, two years to do the audiobook. And I thought, what a hypocrite am I? Because I'm actually only listening to audiobooks and yet that's the last thing I do. So finally, I was so busy with so many things, but got it together. And it's it's uh, been out for a few weeks and it is really, really good. So yeah, check out. And that's on, you know, Audible, um, Apple, iTunes, et cetera. And just listen yep. to that. You'll, you'll feel more confident even and more excited about this once you once you hear it. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, you brought so much good news today. I love it. I love it. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me and love these conversations. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime you have something new, you just let me know and we'll bring it on and we'll drop it to everybody. But this has been great. Fantastic. We'll put all the links in the show notes for all the different pages for your book so they can go right to it. So awesome. Thank you, Elle. Have a beautiful rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.